How are you doing, buddy? Good to speak with you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Right on. Yeah, things are well. How are you? Yeah, fuck. <laughs> Dude, it begins. Okay, the gathering of the shards. Not this one. This is like the little mini prelude or whatever. But buddy, here we are. Elden Ring. I know. Mm. I know. It's been pretty, pretty crazy last, uh, what has it been? A day or two? It's just but... been a day. It has only been one day since Elden Ring as what it is, which is a thing and a real existent, deliberately put into the world, you know, work of art. Like it has just been a day and yet it feels so celebratory, you know? Um, but for the listeners tuning in, I am joined by the FromSoft Scholar, a completely hidden but not hidden for long gem out there on YouTube, TerraPop, and that's just how I'll call you. Or would you? Is there another name? Uh, no, I am TerraPop. That's good. TerraPop, buddy. How does the day find you, my friend? Well, hey there, Albert. Nice to be with you, and thank you for the podcast invitation and for supporting what I do. I'm a relatively new fish in the YouTube pond, so it's appreciated, man. No worries at all. And look, hey, I'm just going to put this out there. Um, you have a great sense of uh, the eclectic to you. I can I see you in your, on your channel. You have a you seem very well rounded. I uh, and certainly the passionate uh, from softwarian. Uh, and so I actually extend it to you now officially uh, the position of co-host on the Elden Ring podcast. If you wanted to take it, yeah, that, I mean that's that's awesome, man. Yeah, I would say let's let's just chat and see where things go. And Buddy. I mean I'm. Hey, I'm still reeling. You know? I'm, still I'm still reeling too. Yeah, wrapping my head around all of this. Yeah. So it begins. Uh, I keep saying that. I, I, and also, if we if we dial things all the way back to um, the lead up, which on episode four I did a big sort of uh, it's called um, uh, Ducks Feed TV. I, I I went all the way back to their initial uh, you know conversations about open world and how. Um, you know, with some of these bosses, they look extremely intimidating. <laughs> and I can easily mm -hmm. see someone feeling as though, you know what, I need to go back and train up in a different way. And the idea of the open world, inherently, speaking of eclecticism, uh, a la Breath of the Wild, will have this sense of, well, it won't just be about grinding, like, there's going to be a lot of exploration. And not that there wasn't exploration in the previous From Software titles, but especially with uh, Yakult, <laughs> Yakult's mm -hmm. uh, verticality, um, I could see us being like, you know what, I just need to take a break from trying to from bashing my head against this boss and go on a, on a giant jaunt around the world, this dynamic world with like walking bell mountains and stuff. Um, <laughs> what are you, what's your vibe with what we saw? And we'll obviously be going in all kinds of directions, but go for it. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, I guess on the on the flip side, you know, Miyazaki told us in his June 2019 Xbox.com interview that Elden Ring was going to be open world. And or at least from software's take on an open world game. And admittedly, that made me nervous initially. I tend to find most open world games these days to be empty, dull, kind of devoid of smart, engaging level design, which is precisely what FromSoft does so well. Yeah. Uh, you know, I love, you mentioned Breath of the Wild. I, I love Breath of the Wild, but to me, that's an exception mm. to the rule. Um, so, you know, when you think of Soulsborne games, you instantly picture your player character navigating corridors and caverns and castles and prisons, these cleverly designed levels full of hazards and surprises. And in Elden Ring, 
I didn't want to lose those signature game elements, but mm. you know, Miyazaki's track record speaks for itself. And if anybody can solve what I might call the big boring sandbox problem, it, it's him. I mean, and I truly believe that. And on the flip side, a wider, more open game could be an incredible canvas for Miyazaki and his team to run wild, to, you know, to, to surprise and engage us like they've not been able to do before. So uh it's open world surprising but based on the trailer it looks sick i mean it looks it looks unreal but he phrased extremely eloquently um i just jumped on vadi's channel where he mentioned uh something i'd been uh, percolating about the idea of these for example and I, I they're a bit emblematic of it at this stage i'm sure there will be other elements uh, akin to this but of yeah, this mountain is not just gonna sort of sit there as this shrine for you to conquer. It's almost if you take Breath of the Wild shrines and then they're, so, they're suddenly mobile or whatever. Cause like we saw, if you mm -hmm. pan up, you can actually see it has some kind of edifice on top of it. And that just gave me the first of the um, idea ideas that I have of this world being so dynamic, so uh, interesting. And one thing I, I, I mentioned this, um, uh, uh, yesterday, a prelude, uh, was it uh, a prelude to joy? I think <laughs> prelude to joy and then the grace of gold. I, I, I had it, the some of the terminology in this trailer, man. I, I found it so easy to develop the 12 part uh, gathering the shards. Like it's, it's, I've done it before for um Kojima's titles, we're doing it now for Dune. And believe me, it might sound crazy to take a three minute trailer and split it up into 15 seconds, but when you're going that deliberately, and especially you have a couple of eyes on it, I genuinely I'll be sitting with you, uh, you know, hypothetically on like you know, minute and a minute and 15, and you'll be like, Albert, what the heck is that? And you'll point to it, and I'll be like, I had no idea, I, I, I didn't even think of that, you know. So, super, super it's dense, yeah, yeah it's dense. exactly. Yeah. And, and Miyazaki very much rewards that level of, I mean, there's an entire academic pursuit around, uh, you know, soul studies, you know, souls up, soulsology. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, and we have the curriculum we have uh, professor uh, redgrave professor um, um, Bati, you know all that all those good people you know yeah well and, and i think just you know if you have a sense of miyazaki as an artist and as the master game designer mm -hmm. you know how carefully curated every scene in that trailer was like yeah. nothing was being shown to us arbitrarily you know the see you know the, the way in which the trailer was paced um, when we saw things, what we did see, what we didn't see. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, people will be running wild for the next seven months uh, about yeah. that three minute trailer. Believe me, believe you me. And so I've mentioned it a few times, listeners. So uh, after this episode, which is the, the official prelude uh, or prologue or whatever to the gathering, um, the Shards sub-series, which will be taking the three minute trailer into 15 second increments and uh, anything, whether it's thematic, visual, um, uh, even symbolic, you know, we will dive in if it's going to be myself or my own or with Terra, uh, Terra Pop. Um, uh, the Law Hunter has, uh, he had to actually dash away for this one, but he's 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 um, more than happy to jump on later. And then eventually mm -hmm. to just get, you know, it's a, you know, 12 part series. So we might even go through everyone might, might bring Redgrave back. We'll see, you know, um, I met Vati in 2016, but I really would like to meet uh, Redgrave in person at some point. He, um, what a scholar, definitely, you know, with the pale blood hunt. Have you read the pale blood hunt, buddy? 
No, no, I, uh, I have not. Buddy, I would highly recommend it. Um, I've actually been drawing. I'm, I'm, I'm like honestly too busy just like running, running Demon Souls for like the, you know, seven hundredth and ninety fourth time. And I get it. I'm, no, I'm. I, I think there's actually quite a bit of, uh, you know, lore and just uh, supplemental content that has gone over my head over the years. So, um, uh, probably some stuff I need to check out at some point. What I'll say is what you and I do, just as people who enjoy this, uh, you know, this creator's works, I, it's similar for me with Kojima as well. I would say Miyazaki with Elden Ring has has transcended and is now my, is like he's my favorite of the whole pantheon, is that um, because, as you know, you'll know one of the myths of, of, of Miyazaki is that when he was younger, he, 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 he threw himself into books that he, really didn't know how to read fully and so if you could think of it this way like bloodborne is uh, a young japanese boy's incomplete understanding and all the better for it being incomplete understanding of bram stoker and hp lovecraft right so sure. he, yeah. he understood what he could and then he filled the rest with this now it is officially Miyazakian, you know, uh, Hayao has now had to step back and now he's Ghiblian and now that's the thing. But when you say Miyazaki now by, by and large, it's that finger on the pulse. People know you're talking about, uh, Hidetaka. Um, and so what he did, yeah, he's, that, he, he's special, man. I mean, I, yes, I, I consider myself a pretty hard gamer to please. I think more so than a lot of, you know, a lot too. of people I know and, and, and Miyazaki it's, it's, I mean, a lot of it just goes back to him, you know, the decisions he makes, uh, you know, the, the way that studio handles art direction yeah. score, no, I mean, the, 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 yeah, the minute to minute gameplay. I mean, I, I hate to, you know, just sound like a snob, but I mean, I really just feel that they are so best in class. They are so beyond yeah. what everybody else is doing. And it's not like they're trying to disrespect anybody, but you know, when you watch an hour and a half of game reveals and then you see a new From Soft game trailer, it's like, I mean, yeah. it's like the same sport. It's, it's to use a cliche, it's apples and oranges. It's just it's, so different. I mean, sorry, let's just, and you just became a, even more a brother to me. You're all, you were already From Soft brother, but now even more because buddy, you and I are like on that exact same wavelength with this was honestly like love and light to the people who work so hard, right? During, during those presentations, putting them together, the games, but it felt like wading through uh, a couple of different um, tables worth of, let's say, I'm this is going to sound mean, but like day old expired McDonald's just to kind of get to, and then this, beautiful door swings open into like a michelin dinner perhaps you i i was literally about to say michelin dude wavelength right now and you open and it is this fucking sumptuous like uh like in uh, well i i would say like it respects the viewer's sense of you know what we really want to bring you something that you have never seen and frankly a lot of what was shown at SGF, like we've seen variations of it, you know, and another thing is there, he's getting up there in titles, you know, Miyazaki, and yet he's still innovating with his silhouettes, with his uh, enemy design, with his concepts, with the idea of, you know, refining. And I kept on saying it. I said it over and over throughout the, on the night, I was like, he, he just keeps refining what he's developed with uh, Dark Souls and Bloodborne. It's not even a fa fanboyish thing. It's like, I look at it, I see an artist being like, I want to fine tune, refine, update, uh, and and then go way beyond. I mean, frankly, someone even said this that Elden Ring, design-wise, 
Terra, um, it, it it's like Miyazaki completely unleashed. I mean, there is a there is a, an eye that has like nine eyes within it, and there's like there's a a completely ambulance hand on its own, and then a carriage with like a face, and then two swords coming out of the ears of that face. Like, yeah. take a, what are you, any riffs on that? Well, yeah, I mean, I, the your observations there, you know, you're you're speaking my language, but you know, if those comments felt on the wrong ears, it would be dismissed as, you know, oh, yeah. you're, you're fanboying, you're this Elitist, and that, but, yeah. but, but I, I think that's what I found. And, you know, I started my channel just about six, seven months ago, and mm -hmm. it's been so surprising to create, you know, more long form discussion uh, videos and, and getting that feedback from so many other people. They're like, man, I, you know they're thinking about these games the way i'm thinking about these games and 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 you just realize how many people are getting it yeah. and uh yeah it's 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 not arrogant you know it's not it's not Good, it's thank just, you i mean if, if anything i feel like we're fortunate to be here and to be alive and to be able to experiencing these games in real time as they're released as this studio and its leader are in their prime i mean i can't overstate that enough it's it's a pretty yeah. special thing it felt again. You're 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 doing something which I've found sometimes. Like I'll have a kindred vibe with someone, but you're using specific words that I use, which is kind of spooky. So that's that's cool, in a cool way. Um, when well, I Albert, watching... what do you what do you think? I mean, beyond some emailing and and DMing, this is really our first time speaking to one another. So yeah. I feel like it it might be appropriate, you know, before we we do dive headlong into Elden Ring to mm -hmm. briefly, but more formally introduce myself to you and, and to anyone else listening to this podcast. Of course, let's do it. Actually, thank you. Um, so Tara, if you would like to just like explain yourself and then uh, Tara pop to the listeners, go for it. Yeah, and it, I think it might kind of frame any discussion we have, you know, a little bit better too. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I live in the States in the American West and I work professionally as a writer, mm. but I grew up with my parents' NES console in the house and was playing Super Mario Brothers 3 when I was three. So I've pretty much been a gamer my entire life. And about, like I said, six or seven months ago on the side, I started my YouTube channel simply because I felt I wasn't finding a lot of gaming content that resonated with me. And there's certainly quality stuff out there by independent content creators. But I feel like because video games are such a relatively young medium compared to literature, let's say, mm. that games like those by From Software, or I personally might also throw Naughty Dog in there, can sometimes exceed their audience's ability to interpret or comprehend them. Or appreciate like, them, yeah. Yeah, mm. right, right. And, and like in Souls games, for example, oh, it takes too long to run back to the boss rooms after I die, there's basically no plot, therefore these games suck and I don't want to play them anymore. Yeah. Like you know, come on, you wouldn't presume to fully understand Hamlet after briefly skimming through the play, right? Exactly. You need to read it carefully, probably multiple times. You need to see it performed. You need to listen to interviews by Shakespeare scholars, maybe read a book of criticism by a Shakespeare scholar. Or even if you do already enjoy Hamlet, for example, following those same steps can further enhance your enjoyment of the play, you know, and allow you to see themes and characters in entirely different lights. So I'm certainly no scholar. I mean, I, I don't are. think you are a scholar, but I, but I do believe <laughs> the conversation around video games can be elevated, you know, can go beyond 
quippy pull quotes and seven and eight point review scores. And that's what I'm interested in. And and from software Soulsborne games, seems we probably share that in common are, are my Desert Island games. So they've really become my springboard as far as my channel goes. And I'm sure you've had very similar experiences of your own, but playing Dark Souls for the first time in 2011, uh, funny to think that was 10 years ago now. Man. That yeah. was the watershed gaming moment of my lifetime. It totally changed the way I think about games, about what I like, what I don't like, what's smart design, what's poor design. It helped me understand what it is I want to experience emotionally and intellectually from games. And so to bring it back to Elden Ring and to open the floor for us, Albert, that's how I believe you found me through my March mm -hmm. video essay on Elden Ring. And, and like I was saying earlier, the biggest surprise about creating long form discussion videos like that has been connecting with other gamers and realizing how many of them think exactly like I do. They they play through and explore these games in the same ways that I do. So it, it's been great to put that kind of content out there and get some nice feedback and push, you know, for these kinds of more in-depth discussions. And and yeah, I mean, that's what I would hope we could do here with Elden Ring too. That's right. That's right, my friend. Um, in 2014, 15-ish, uh, uh, the new generation of, you know, PS4 was was coming out and I, you know, plucky old me, I, I, I started hearing some things about a couple of titles. There was Last Guardian, there was uh, The Order 1886, which was getting into places like Time Magazine talking about how they've replicated chromatic aberration. They've they've got, uh, you know, uh, Kirk Ellis, who is a HBO uh, Emmy award-winning writer who's writing this thing. I watched all of John Adams with Paul Giamatti because of that. I was immediately inspired by by um, the sense that, that, and I would just say it, it would be my continuous adage is the growth and maturation of the medium, treating of it as a body of work, as not just this child's playtime thing, as not only that, but I call it the most empathy engaging art form we have, because as I mentioned, with an album or a movie, you can just press play and it'll just do itself. It'll, you don't have to be looking at the screen, whereas with a game that right. requires your active empathetic participation, it is the only directly participative art form for it to be what it is like you are intrinsic you are the other half and i started getting very uh um again this isn't again pretentious or whatever it's just factual is that uh when you step into it um and you step into this experience of you know for example bioshock uh the we do the bioshock podcast as well um and uh, would you kindly was another huge moment you know ludo narrative dissonance all of that so the people the proponents of this art form as being way more than just its sort of uh recreation uh, distraction competition kind of past which is that it's it's sort of childlike past uh is unified perfectly with what miyazaki would say because same with ueda ueda and miyazaki we hold them to be these figures in the the art the art aspect of of interactive art and yet they themselves would say, look, we're just we're just making games. And Miyazaki, in many ways, he's uh, he's a big nerd, you know. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. However, it is the fact that, you know, I grew up on um, Legacy of Cain and, and we've got actually Daniel Kabuko, the director of uh, Legacy of Cain, uh, sorry, but two, yeah, we're speaking, I'm speaking with him tomorrow uh, for the Legacy mm -hmm. of Cain podcast. And uh, and I remember playing it. Sure, there was some video gaming aspects. I mean, buddy, Elden Ring has a jump pad. You know, it has like you can, you know what I mean? Like when you you're cool, you can jump. You find these little swirling things of wind, and you can jump. You know, and it's like I love that gaming will never 
really lose that. And in fact, I, I was for a while, buddy, I, I rejected the word game and gaming a lot. And then I saw Jeff Keighley say that, you know, and he uses the word art form, he uses the word medium, but he's, he's happy to accept that thing of games. But buddy, you and I hold this art form to higher standards and we want it to grow and we don't just settle for the chaff and Elden Ring obviously bringing in one of the if not the highest profile living author at the moment George R. R. Martin there's a sense that he sees that as something that he wants to pursue to elevate it you know create more detail create a, a, a more uh uh wide-ranging and wide-reaching sense and deeper reaching sense of you know, I want Joe Blow to talk about Elden Ring. I, I want like to, to pull in people who they heard that, oh, you know, George R. R. Martin's working on this, you know, uh, and coming into it. And some of the some of the press release stuff has just honestly ignited my imagination completely. But to wrap off me, uh, I very much echo you, man, in, in that. Yeah, 2014, that was my year. So I'm so glad, mm -hmm. man, you're such an important voice in this realm and I'll be doing everything uh, throughout the network to signal boost you for sure, dude. <laughs> well, thank you, Albert. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, to your point about empathy, mm. um, something I I caught in the trailer, I mean, I, I'm sure everybody caught it, but, you know, Miyazaki has always done this. He's explained in a smart and non-invasive way why the player will repeatedly uh, the player character will repeatedly die and respawn during their playthrough like within the game universe it makes sense and then of course like in dark souls hollowing is a metaphor on an emotional level there are parallels between what the player is experiencing what the player character is experiencing in the game world and what the player is experiencing in the real world that's the brilliance of Miyazaki game design so I I loved the maiden's lines in the Elden Ring trailer you know that the tarnished will fight and they will die in an unending curse you know it's like those little touches I mean I think that kind of gets to your point about empathy and you know the 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 horse mountain jumping I mean, to my point earlier about, you know, some fears about in that, you know, that's personal preference, but like I said, I'm not big on open world games because I appreciate that good tight level design so much, whether it's a platformer, it's an action RPG, I love good level design. So, you know, there's Miyazaki again saying, hey, you don't have time to be running around some cliffs slogging up some stupid switchbacks wasting time getting bored yeah no your instant horse is going to instantly jump right up the side of this mountain and you are going to instantly dismount as your instant horse instantly disappears and you instantly plunge some sick curved sword right into these stupid dredglings like it's so good yes you know it's i mean it's it's him you know you're seeing it he's solving the problem of yeah. the boring sandbox he's you know seeing true to himself and and maybe the last thing I would say was to your point about like maybe Miyazaki's position now mm. and there's just something crazy about seeing like and 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 I'm not even putting down these franchises or, or these game brands but you know to see like Fall Guys and Call of Duty proceeding from soft like that's wild and Fuck, dude i'm so I, I think glad what some people exist. don't understand is that like from soft is a household name yeah but that does not mean that their games are mainstream because their games are know. not mainstream right they don't sell like mainstream games they're not accessible like mainstream games so despite that or maybe in spite of that to see 
from soft capping off, you know, Jeff Keeley's sort of disruptive, yeah. you know, alternative to E3. It's it's crazy. It's Man, so crazy. I'm gonna you've I've it's you've created such a you're first of all, you need to be podcasting, buddy. I need to hear I'm number one subscriber <laughs> on Terra Podcast Terra Terra Podcast. Boom, right there. Like here you go. Um uh that that is so like yeah, so I I often take a couple of episodes to get into the tree of trust sort of thing, but here we go. So I, I am straight up like I have on the face of me, like I will externally, you know, have, a, you know, the patience and the perspective and stuff, but I, I am not even, I wouldn't say to the point of angry, but I am, I can sometimes verge on disillusioned with just the disparity of like, it just seems like with the interactive album at this stage, seriously, it's about 80% chaff for me. Like the yeah. ones who rise up are the Fumito Ueda's, are the Sakaguchi-san's, are the Zelda's, the like, and so I often get this disillusioned moment of, uh, you know, and I hope I'm not like sheltered in thinking this is, uh, you know, oh, the the full guys and the, the, the uh, you know the fortnights and stuff are like are you and i the deluded ones for thinking like oh wow maybe we're just the the exception and we're just this little corner but when as you said like keely ended the show on it and miyazaki insisted he's like no i'm not gonna go with xbox um i'm gonna go with you guys because i want this platform agnostic message of unifying people and it gave me hope like and to see elden ring trending and to see young kids being like what the fuck is elden ring and like i love that we've permeated yeah. in that way and it gives me hope just for that collective uh overall standard of just the the elevation of, of standards and so then i just hope that if 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 it is a symptom of uh you know a shift that's coming that elden ring is helping to instill in people that we can just you know i'll just fast forward two years from now the new fall guys at least this hypothetical miyazaki and fall guys type thing just has a sense of the poetry to it a sense of the artistry to it and yeah in the fucking films you know you'll have um uh, some you know happy madison productions and stuff but overall when i say the word film and filmmaking immediately coppola and kubrick you know what i mean sure. whereas now with gaming not only do very few games come to mind but when i say gaming people think i have four guys i uh, mobile games and it's like i want right. to be a part right now you and i of this movement uh which is perfectly symptomized as we can see a, a symptom of the shift in these big events where at one point you and i 10 years hence will be like and when someone says gaming they immediately think of something like elden ring or death stranding yeah. or like you know uh you know um the last of us which we're really gonna come into man this era of uh, you know, PlayStation Studios, I have the Last of Us podcast. You will love, uh, if you ever want to discuss with um, Anne-Marie and Catherine, they're lovely. Um, <laughs> they're great. Yeah. So I'm this network producer guy. I put people together. I, but sometimes right. I'm in that very Jeff Keeley way. I can't help but like, I will be hosting every fucking week this Elden Ring, dude. Because because like Miyazaki, it was my first ever podcast. Like the first episode I ever did. We're almost up to 300 now. And it was just me on my phone just talking like this. Like, so these are my thoughts about Bloodborne, you know? Um and just yeah it's it's i mean i positivity and and hope doesn't even begin to cover it can you also take me yesterday give me a finger on the pulse of terapop's day on the reveal of elden ring <laughs> go into as much detail where were you how were you who were you we'll go for it sure no and i i i will you 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 made some interesting points though albert that i i want i'll, I'll totally forget so i okay go 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 i i, I want to hit on them first but like you know i you know, to your point, like about film and about 
you know something like fall guys like like a 1990s adam sandler comedy like there's a time and place for that right like yeah. that has its place and 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 like so does a fall guys right that, that's yeah. like a take it or leave it kind of thing like and 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 certainly you know the the crew behind fall guys you know they are hardly a threat to the gaming no. industry that's one of those take it or leave it kind of things but then you know on 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 the flip side uh, you know you were kind of alluding to some of the issues in the gaming industry and i i think tomorrow is ubisoft's forward presentation yeah. and you know i'm 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 a huge Rayman fan, for example. Like Rayman Legends is, I mean, I think pound for pound, like the best platforming game ever. Like it's not the most important, you know, like there have been more influential games, but like pound for pound, you're just gonna throw in a platforming game. Like Rayman Legends is unreal, but like you, it came out eight years ago and Michelle Unsell isn't with the company company anymore. And, you know, Yves Goumal, I don't even think he remembers what the Rayman IP is. And, you know, recently one of their, executives said in a uh, investors call that they see themselves over the next two years moving away from AAA single player games and you know more freemium more mobile games and and you know you can just scoff at that and be like well Ubisoft sucks and it's like but they're still so powerful in the industry yeah. that that's like you know that's kind of a bellwether thing I mean that's that's concerning mm. um so yeah I mean there's there is so much going on I mean, microtransactions and all that I mean it's just slippery slippery slope mm -hmm. but yeah I mean to the point of just a Miyazaki game ending Jeff Keeley's you know SGF show that <laughs> was just because that wouldn't have happened it wouldn't back when you know DS2 was coming out or Bloodborne or like no. that wouldn't have happened then that's so, right. Yeah. So it's like th there's a lot that you can get really jaded about and complain about and whine about. And like, I do that too, but there's still silver linings, you know? There is. Yeah. There is. And I want to back you up on that because guess what? I am manifesting and it is going to happen. I manifest and then it happens. This is how it goes, Tara. I'm going to just call you T. Is that cool? Oh, uh, right. All right, T. Uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2, we are going to see it tomorrow. I'm just manifesting it. And then Ubisoft are also working in tandem with another great passion of mine, which is Avatar, which is, I call it Trojan horse activism artistry, you know, activism escapism, mm -hmm. which is you go for the James Cameron name, Titanic, blah, you let your walls down, and then the wisdom of, of, of what the messages of those films find themselves trickle in. And, and same with Miyazaki, like it is a, a gigantic metaphor. I was telling my fiance this, I was like, you know why Lorena TV is losing her shit right now? And she is going to also be uh, on the show at some point. I posted it to the Instagram. She is losing her shit because like many, like Jake, like uh, Nikki Jakey, actually, a beautiful video of his is, his is him explaining that, man, shit, shit was really bad for him. And he was playing Dark Souls and it, it helped him get, a, get rid of his scarcity mindset. It, it helped him get rid of his victim mindset. You know, there's this tangible psychological benefits from, from that challenge aspect. And it's like, guess what? If you are a couple of enemies from your, um, uh, you know, your Lantern and Bloodborne, you know, 30,000 blood echoes and you die. And it's like, it's that sense of coming to your own um, rescue and like being your own friend and like coming to, and comforting yourself and opening up that self dialogue of like, where do we go from here? Like people, that neural pathway for so many people didn't exist of like, how do I develop the emotional resources to cope with this sudden and unexpected disappointment? And a vastly under discussed aspect, I think of, of, of Dark Souls, obviously. Oh, uh, yeah. 
so yeah, fucking absolutely. rich, man. We we are so blessed for for these creators who put so many details. I actually didn't find it, finish my tangent. I am a remember of tangents. My tangent earlier was Miyazaki. He was young. He didn't understand the full extent of things, and he just said, "Look, to compensate for me not getting the details, I will invent my details. I will put little tiny pockets of." And he's got this fire underneath them, you know, just with Elden Ring, some of the terms that you can, there's some um, George R. R. Martinian kind of phrasings, you know, like uh, uh, the, the stuff with the, you know, Marika and, and stuff like that. But he has this sense of, I just never want, he has no concept of Laurel sitting. He he did Derisone, he, he, he did Sekiro and he's just onto the next thing, onto the, not even the bigger, better thing, but just like, what is the thing that'll challenge me? And as you said, in one, in one beautifully laid out sentence, you just explain why his open world game could honestly give Breath of the Wild a bit of a run for its money, right? Because of this thing of like Breath of the Wild, it has that thing of the rain. It's like, okay, that dynamic weather thing, that's cool. Um, but that instant, like, I think there's going to be a bit of co-inspiration. Uh, I mentioned this yeah. actually with Horizon Forbidden West. When I, we did, for, we have the Horizon podcast, and I was looking, mm -hmm. I was like, Aloy is straight up like she's, she's wearing like green, like link green, you know? And, mm -hmm. and then you have that goddamn fly, like the glider, you know? So another thing I'm manifesting is Yakul is absolutely going to be able to fly at some point, at least glide. Like it just feels so, you know, so like that it would make sense. But. Um, but anyway, yeah, so it's, it's, it's crazy, man. Like if, if, if Breath of the Wild 2 does come out in like March 2022, which is what I'm kind of, you know, thinking will happen. Oh. It's like, you know, like that's exciting. But man, if there's a new Miyazaki game in late January, I, like I'll see you in like eight months. Like I'm yeah. Like, and that's really saying something because I love The Legend of Zelda. And, and we I became friends. And so I won't see you for like eight months straight. I was like, damn, Terra's like, he's gone. <laughs> yeah, and I'll like, completely understand. You know, and I, I think with Elden Ring, um, you know, I know the weight had been hard. Mm. Uh, you know, the name Elden Ring itself had kind of reached this strange place in the gaming meme stratosphere oh, yeah. over the last year or two. All the jokes about the game not being real and, you know, Martin's involvement in his history as an infamously slow writer. Mm. But think about it for a minute. And, and and I'll have my Elden Ring day description for you after this. Yes, that's but, fine. <laughs> but, but, I mean, think about this for a minute. This all starts in 2009 with Demon Souls. That's the proper genesis of Soulsborne and mm. of this sort of modern Miyazaka era of the company. Mm. Now, consider the subsequent run from Soft goes on after that, from 2011 to 2017, let's say. We get Dark Souls in 2011. We get yeah. the Artorias DLC in 12. Then comes DS2 in 13, DS2 Scholar in 14, of course, Bloodborne and Old Hunters in 15. 15. D yeah, DS3 in, in its Ashes DLC come in 16, and finally the Ringed City DLC in 17. So, like, to anyone who is, like, genuinely annoyed or frustrated with the development of Elden Ring, you have to remember, as FromSoft fans, we're terribly spoiled. Not only yeah. is Miyazaki an incredible artist, and not only is the FromSoft team full of amazing animators and level designers and so on, but these people are exceptionally prolific. I mean, think about all the notable all the notable video game series that haven't seen new entries in five, eight, 10, 15 years, all the IPs that aren't being taken care of that don't have good stewards at this point in time. And then conversely, 
Sekiro came out just slightly over two years ago, like 26, mm. 27 months ago, right? So yeah, like that's a long that. gap for FromSoft, which is a reminder of how fortunate we are. Yeah. You know, like I was saying, to be experiencing this studio in its prime. And I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, gosh, I mean, Miyazaki said in that 2019 Xbox.com interview that Elden Ring was going to be their biggest game to date. So stack that ambition on top of the COVID-19 pandemic. And of course it's been a two year wait, you know, it'd be three years or whatever. I mean, to me, that's, I don't know. It's not even a big deal. It's not even a big deal. And I never really fully bought into it. Like, I think the, what I think is, is fun that, that the community did was to um, parody their own despair and to the point where the despair actually vanished. <laughs> it actually became, uh, it became this fun activity to kind of play act you know play pretend on the idea that people were hollowing worse than hollowing and and i think people hammed it up and played it up definitely you know uh and but you and knew yet, all the while they were working right you knew you never doubted that you knew they were in the lab grinding away i yeah. mean you knew it yeah. so yeah and then and then jeff in a way which I honestly don't think I've seen a presenter directly engage and address a specific audience. He said, am I free now? You know, he posted on reddit.com forward slash out forward slash Elden Ring. Um, and the level of love that is being beamed to that man, this smiling, giddy Canadian man who, who may, who would absolutely with his connections, with his, you know, everything he, he has every recourse and and avenue into becoming you know he's in the heart of that i, I guess you could say even like com commercial saturated aspect of the games industry where he has to sling the ads and he has to all these things oh and, yeah and yet he has this instinctive like it's almost like just like with kojima him and kojima uh, you can tell that like he, where he leads from is is from this idea of the next, like the next step for this medium. Um, and I think the dance that this man does between the commerce and art aspects is fucking admirable. I hope to either work with him or for him someday. It, it's, he is a very much a kindred spirit with that. And uh, I am looking forward to uh, games, uh, Gamescom and also the Game Awards uh, this year it will be really, really good. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, and I, I share your feelings, Albert, about, Jeff, that might be a good segue into, you know, what it was like, Go. you know, seeing this, this reveal yesterday, but I mean, Jeff, he, he's, he has my respect moving yeah. forward. I mean, no matter what. And I, I, I know you did as well, but I really suspected that some Elden Ring news was on the way, especially when midway through the SGF show, Ryan Reynolds made an Elden Ring joke. I just felt like, you know, Keeley is enough of a gentleman and a professional that to allow an Elden Ring crack, but then to not actually feature the game itself would have registered as a burn to yeah. much, of, much of the audience. And Jeff wouldn't do that. Um, mm -hmm. There were, you know, the candles and I mean, there were some suggestive hints on social media as well leading up to the show. But the fact that he and his team earned Hidetaka Miyazaki's blessing and landed that gameplay trailer and release date announcement and kept it totally secret. Yeah, it's so commendable. It was awesome because it was so special for the fans. Yeah. We don't get that. Think about most big game, you know, releases or, or reveals rather are, le uh, <clears throat> excuse me, are leaked or spoiled now. Mm. And and we had that. You know, we got that. What the, what's interesting is with with COVID, there, there's some you know discussion about like how with the the Last of Us, like the COVID was was part of why people were were able to have like their servers hacked into because they were working from home. But I think because of this 
you know upturn they turn it like culturally people wanting that the distraction industry is like suddenly everyone just wants to not even think about COVID, so they're going to all these different avenues i think it created a bit of a smog screen uh the level of i would have sometimes i know i'm very keyed into miyazaki i've got a, a bit of a kind of a broad remit as well of, of other uh, um you know other like you know properties or whatever but i was getting a bit surprised uh when i when i would see oh yeah like people aren't really paying attention to it too much and i think what keely and crew did is uh it is strange enough to see someone like ryan reynolds who is very much plugged into like he's he's almost at the forefront of like that pop culture thing with like deadpool and and, and deadpool right. 3 is very close to like getting either revealed or whatever so to have him just dropping that name uh again a wonderful symptom of the venn diagramming of the art forms amazing what another thing is when when ryan reynolds mentioned it he sounded like he's like elden ring am i saying that right which is the sign that it was planted you know like he was asked yeah, yeah. to kind of allude to that um so the teasers obviously you were aware uh what was going into it as in when it actually started the countdown ended and it, the ceremony began what was your out of 10 um temperature check of or out of whatever in terms of the likelihood a percentage i guess uh vati described being at about a 60 when he went in uh he was about 90 earlier but then as he was watching, just just you know, the chaff eventually it was like, oh okay. Um, where were you at in terms of uh, the likelihood? I think I was at, uh, and and I'm usually a very pessimistic gamer. <laughs> like I said, I'm 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 pretty hard to please. I, I, I don't, <laughs> you know, without naming names, I just I, I don't enjoy a lot of the big games and you know Me franchises that a lot of other people do, and you know, and that's. It's, it's no disrespect intended. I'm just very hard to please with video Me games. Too. But, you know, despite that, I, I really did feel optimistic. And it wasn't like the, I mean, like like I said, this weight actually hasn't been bad for me. You know, I'm, I'm always in the middle of a run, you know, a new run in any of the six Soulsborne games at any given time. I'm always digging through those games. I never get bored. Great. Um, so I was fine. You know, I was totally fine with the weight. But coming in, it was just... It, it, the hints from Jeff, um, it wasn't even about the community. The community was hyped up. Some people were pessimistic, but I don't know. And, and it, I was probably like 70% coming in. Okay. And then and then Ryan Reynolds pushed me to like a 95. It's like, 95. You know, like this is happening. Because Jeff Jeff's too, um, his sensibilities, you know, like he, he does have his finger on the pulse. And, mm -hmm. and I think some people might, um, yeah, they see some of the more advertising, you know, some of the more, you know, he's plugging games. There's a little bit of pay to play, you know, with 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 his shows, but that's a means to an end. Like he knows it that. I, you, yeah. you know, I, I think a lot of viewers get that too. Um, he is trying to elevate the way in which video games are presented to the world. He is actually trying to give developers a platform. Mm. He sincerely, I, I think he sincerely is. I don't think he's he's devious. I don't think he has any ill intent. I think he's a pretty good actor in the industry. So yeah, after the Ryan Reynolds thing, it's funny, we've referenced Ryan Reynolds like seven times now, but I was at like a 95%. And then, right. and then we got, when he, when he, <laughs> when we got to the end and he, he stated yet again that it was the grand finale and you could I... see you know, like a school kid, how giddy he was. Yeah. He couldn't contain it anymore. The excitement, he wouldn't say what it was. And then when he said, this is a previous game awards you game lost of it? the year winner, it was like Sekiro, boom, this is it. But then even when we got that first 
shot. You know, it's just a couple frames, really. Yeah, the horse. Of the horse nudging what I presume to be the player character. Um, not totally sure, but even then it was like, okay. And then when that first title card came up and I saw from software, man, <laughs> I, I gasped, I audibly gasped alone yeah, in my living room in front of my television. Um, man, I would have to go back to uh, probably 2013 or, or so when, because like I said, DS1 was my first from soft game. So DS2 was the first game that I got to properly anticipate as a fan. Mm. So the first glimpses of that, you know, what, seven years ago now, uh, eight years ago, uh, I mean, that's, I would have to go all the way back to that to remember a time in which I was this excited. And obviously excited. what we saw, yeah, but what we saw was on such a different level. You know, mm. it, it, it just... Oh man, it, it does leave me speechless. I'm starting to stammer a little bit because I'm at a loss for words. Um, um, it's, it's it's crazy. It, it's it's honestly, dude. Like I, I even said this as well. It's like it's good for you and I, jaded boffins that we sometimes can be, to to be at a loss for words. You know, to be like he, Jeff taking care of himself. Like he might be in his 40s, whatever, early 50s, or I don't know, probably like late 40s, mid 40s. Uh, I. Um, I genuinely believe that uh, one of like, you know, humanity's like main gift is like creativity and innovation and like something just, I just come alive when I see like people celebrating that and, and leading from that and, and making their lives about that. And uh, whether it's in the media, you know, discussing it like you and I are doing, creating it, I'm doing some storytelling with Quantum Myth, which is, you know, as soon as I started looking into um, Miyazaki and his origins, like he would just, he would just write, 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 and then refine and refine um, uh, with, uh, yeah, like if you actually go in, into um, some of the, it's it's you don't get too many interviews about his past and it's it's very mm -hmm. i think again this that's very miyazaki and if you think about it i like it yeah i like it i don't want to know i know and i think he even now like, like is a he mythical using, character i love he's it. a mythical character and he's is he using any of this to like signal boost himself now he's like we're still working hard it's a january release date Timur is very stressed poor poor boffin will get him maybe on like minute three or something that like finale episode he'd he'd, he'd be great to have on and he is uh listening to people again that jadedness coming back of like it'll get delayed it'll get delayed it's like you know what tara and i are gonna do we're just gonna wait and that, that's gonna be fine the truly well, albert albert there's so much you know th there's so much noise these days too there's so, so much, much noise, noise coming at us from every direction every oh. brand every individual twitter TikTok, youtube and outrage culture this culture well, right, and, and despite this culture, though, from software remains silent. As yeah. much as we obviously want news and want games, I find their quiet approach to be pretty refreshing. You know, they've earned our respect. They've earned the respect of their community. And Miyazaki and his team just toil away in quiet and solitude until they're ready to show us their canvas. I mean, it is. It is very solace-bringing, dude. Uh, in the age of instant gratification, of... Uh, that the anxiety that people will forget you, you know, uh, which is the core of what stories are about, you know, the disappearing stories. And I can get, again, very disillusioned with the TikTok and all that stuff. Uh, I've, I've quasi embraced some of that now, just keeping perspective, but nothing ever in history will be as, you know, mind implanting as 
someone just saying something, making a statement artistically, and then withdrawing, and then reappearing later. Like no matter what algorithms arise, fall or whatever, it's like nothing can beat word of mouth. Nothing can beat collective human, not algorithm based, but human based hype. And that's why the algorithms were like, they didn't quite know what to do. Like people often follow the trending and yet people were talking more about Elden Ring than about other things, you know, mm. um, which gives me hope uh, that we are always, no matter how crazy digital reliant we get, we will always have the timeless thing of an amazing story, an amazing creator, artist will just have that legacy simply off of the quality of what they've created, not to do with marketing, not to do with, uh, you know, any, like algorithms or anything like that. It'll just be, hey, as you said, and I love that you've mentioned it a few times, which is the idea that we're here at, in the prime of, of from software. Yeah. There is there is a sense of being grateful for like, I, I feel like someone who is like, oh yeah, I was there for Beatlemania or I was there for, you know, uh, that, that kind of thing. I just feel like it's an extremely special time. I'm so glad we get to kind of share these days and uh, it's-, it's Yeah, see, it's, and, that, and that's one of those things, like somebody, somebody could push back on that and be like no these are video game like what are you talking about but i mean no it's you know he is yeah i mean it's like to me for the medium it is it's like bob dylan it's like picasso it's like yeah. i mean it's 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 insane and it's it, just by dumb luck we're here well <laughs> he and his team are doing this you know um, <laughs> dude and and the thing is what's wonderful about this man is that he you know he had a chat with ueda and i started ueda podcast like spoke with nick sutner who wrote one of the making of books uh, he wrote i think uh, a journal through the forbidden lands where he's talking about encountering each colossi and everything and like that and then last guardian uh, he wrote the making of book of that over there somewhere and when he was talking on stage uh, i obviously it was like it's it's in brazil it was in brazil and i still haven't been able to find footage uh you know but when i when i just saw that image i was like this man uh you know is a legend he's he has earned this legend and yet what we can see here especially with that walking mountain is is a, is a sense of deference to to you know those who influenced him and this is going to be a simultaneous love letter to his own love for martin which is in the xbox interview he said look a yeah. huge part of this was being able to get martin on board you know and so um and well and, he's, and, he suggested in that interview too that <laughs> He and his team were just getting a little, he, you know, he didn't quite put it this bluntly, but it was the suggestion was that they were getting maybe a little burnt out, you know, developing mm. the Dark Souls universe and then diving to Bloodborne. And they were obviously <laughs> already working on Sekiro at that time. I mean, think about this project management, right? And, yeah. and that they really just needed an injection of fresh ideas. And it was like one of Miyazaki's colleagues who just on a whim reached out to Martin and Martin was like, oh yeah, sure. Like, and, and, and it, I mean, it's not like I, I, I don't, you know, I think his, no, that's okay. Yeah, it, it sounds like his involvement was limited to, you know, he and Miyazaki had some discussions, mm. uh, you know, about the world, and and Martin wrote the overarching mythos based on those conversations. Um, I'm kind of hoping I'm and, and and I've said this before in my videos. I've 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 read A Song of Ice and Fire. I'm admittedly not a huge Martin fan. I'm mm. I'm I'm much more of a Tolkien guy, but mm. I. I do think that Martin, uh, you know, he has a great imagination, and 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 if he's if he's uh, 
if he's adapted anything, it's lore and world building. The Golden and, Order just sounds very Martinian and also yeah, uh, but, yeah, the but, greater will. Yeah. You know what I love though is that that, so I guess for me, like as if you're a, you know, if you're a huge Martin fan, this is just, this is amazing. Like you are so pumped up. You cannot wait. But if you're like, you know, lukewarm on Martin, you're like, oh, is this going to be like Game of Souls? Like, what is it? You know, like, what oh, are we doing? Game and of then, Souls, yeah. And, 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 but when you saw that trailer, it was like, no, Miyazaki's fingerprints are all over this. This is a legit Miyazaki game. And Martin really could be an asset, though. I mean, if they felt like they needed new creative input, they were moving to a new universe. You know, this isn't Lothric. This isn't Lordran. This isn't Yarnum. Um, he could really be an asset. You know, I, I only hope he had a hand as a professional writer. I only hope he had a hand in the item descriptions we love so much. You know, those, I mean, <laughs> yeah, those dude. little tidbits that we just uh, drool over as we're navigating these games. I mean, Martin could just take those to the next level. So, really cool. uh, yeah, I mean, is again, I, I don't think you have to be a huge Martin fan to see this as like, this could be cool. Mm-hmm. You know, he could really... Uh, he 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 could really inject something interesting into this game. I, I think um, you're already seeing it in the trailer. Totally, and and I, I I need to really you know again it might just sound like this is just a giant big Miyazaki love fest, but it is. But at it the is. same time, yeah, no, no, it is. Make no mistake, <laughs> it, it is. That's exactly what but this is. Like exactly. But I went to art school. Like I know about aesthetics and i know about yoji shinkawa for example, from from you know Kojima's camp, and, I, and he would talk about like I didn't really like. I I, I looked at Amano. Uh, you know, Yoshitaka Amano. And then I just sort of, I just did my own thing. And it's like, without really putting too much of a a big spin on it, he's like, this is the art that I make. And, and honestly, Yoji, I mean, he's doing art for like churches now. He did a poster for Pacific Rim. Like he is a singular artistic entity, right? Who throughout every damn project creates memorable silhouettes. And I, I might, it might sound reductivist, but memorable, a memorable silhouette T is like get get the fuck like it's it's frankly when we're talking about miyazaki who i believe and i know i like love and respect to like uh you know shinkawa sama you know like like he's great but that that from soft art team i'm gonna talk directly to them i hope this somehow gets translated to you clipped up somehow listen you fucking i get i'm italian so i get angry happy you like six to twelve like member strong art team over at from software the elder ape, the cleric beast, this multi-armed king, the centipede king. Fuck off with your amazing, incredible uh, silhouette-creating game, like the Murgo's wet nurse, right? Uh, just oh yeah, come on, like. And then you know, Dark Piece Pal, which you'll see art about Dark Piece Pal, which is like that should be in MoMA. You know, this like emaciated. You know, he's got even a signature look. You know, Giacometti, uh, or is it Giacomelli rather? Uh, he, um, oh Giacometti actually, the sculptor. He had these long kind of thin. Oh, you know, yeah. you yeah. could tell, and then Ruben as well. You could tell, like they had signature ways. He, even of... Giacometti's paintings, though, right? He's known for those sculptures, but his yes. paintings have that same dark, gritty aesthetic. Like, I, I he has a he he painted his brother in his basement uh, mm. multiple times, and those paintings they have like this pale yellow. The brother's face is obscured. There's a staircase in the background, but it's like, I mean, you can look at that, and it's like I don't know. Is like Miyazaki looked at this maybe like. Maybe. I mean, he, he, you know, is he studying European architecture? Like, I think, I don't know. I think his team is like, it's just, <laughs> yeah, man, it's, 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 it's wild. I, something I, I, I could ask you, cause I, I don't know. Do we, 
do we know if um, Yuka Kitamura is doing the yes, score for this game? Yes, absolutely. Do, do you know if we? It's if, confirmed. Do we yeah, have yeah, any you, confirmation that she did the piece in the trailer? She um, has answered a Twitter about are you doing the music for Elden Ring? She said yes, and so it's it's done. Yoko, she's 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 amazing. Oh, I mean, sorry the the, the music from the dancer of the. I still say frigid because I remember the beta. I was following that closely. But yes, the dancer of the Boreal Valley. Like that is, you know, you put that in an Oscar movie and it's like, it could be a clip or something. It's just so, like you hear that tragedy. You hear that that ethereality. You hear the lost humanity. Like Yoko is, is uh, you know, hopefully through a translator, you and I can speak with her and her people one day. That's the idea with this, the Miyazaki extended network. In September, man, if you're not busy, let's have that 10 year Dark Souls chat. You know what I mean? Like September 20th, <laughs> come on. Yeah, like, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm always able to go down memory lane with Dark Souls, and man. It's- for sure, and there's like literally never any pressure. That's my thing as well. But uh, um, dude, we've just crossed the hour, but if I have you for a little bit longer, there's a couple of extra points I wanted to riff with you about. Is that oh cool? yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I can probably give you about a half hour right Great. now. I just want to, and then, and then yeah, yeah, we'll have to talk. We'll have to talk again. Yeah, no worry. I because I just I want to be respectful of your time. Like I, your time is time is a privilege. I, I really appreciate it. Um, uh, so the, a couple of points. So you've taken us a little bit through that through the day of it. Um, uh, as this is this episode will be called the tarnished quest, which is basically the quest has begun. Uh, after this, it'll be the very first episode, whether you can join me or not, hopefully you can, where we will take the first 15 minutes, but there's no better time, man. This is a feast in terms of character designs. You know, again, for me, the multi-armed King is this, it's, it's honestly overwhelming because of how like we live in a, in a post Darth Vader age, a post, uh you know uh moon presence age or whatever like with some of these like uh sauron you know all of these to to enter there to sort of muscle your way through as miyazaki says fuck you here's an amazingly memorable silhouette like that end when it's that you know the uh the tarnish leaping towards this that's frankly, the chef's kiss right there the that jump kiss. with the choir going oh, yeah. oh, exactly. in a cemetery too just like with gas coin and 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 yes. and, and the boss he kind of almost gave me ludwig vibes a little yeah. bit the the um, limbs in the odd yeah, angles yeah just yeah great and then his line i mean the sickest line in the whole trailer Right, a, a, a lowly tarnished playing as a lord i command thee kneel Oh, oh my God. There's a band I interviewed before. I'm gonna actually have to tell them. We got Kyle Shutt from The Sword. I've reached out to him. He's been on the show before. I'm I'm gonna get him on this one because he. Have you heard of uh, The Sword? You know, Gods of the Earth. You know. Uh, I'm not sure that I do. No, yeah, I might have to. How he- how, okay, I'll just. How heavy this axe, burdened, carried from birth, wrought in Stygian visions by the gods of the earth. Um, when he said that he wanted, he's like, yeah, sure, Miyazaki, let's fucking do it. When I heard, like, I command thee, Neil, there's a line in a song by them uh, on Off Gods of the Earth called Kneel Before Your Lord. I was like, and then Lord Vessel as well on top of Smau's head. Like, it's just a gigantic, oh, yeah, there's a It's couple heavy of, metal, man, is what it is. It's heavy, heavy metal. metal, man. It like, really like, like when our, when, uh, you know, the our, our red-haired woman from the 2019 trailer 
uh, and her Hermes-inspired helm, when she impales the tarnished with her blade, I mean, that's just like Iron Maiden. It's Slayer. It it's just heavy metal. It's yeah, dude. She's gonna be a problem. I I, I don't she know. Is, yeah. I don't know where she comes in the game. I don't know who she is, but she is gonna be a problem. She was giving me Lady Maria of the Clock Tower vibes, dude. Um, she's gonna be a problem. And guess who she's voiced by? I'm just gonna throw this out. I like manifesting things and really hyping people up. Gwendolyn Christie. Fuck you, tall woman. Let's fucking go. You know, got. The <laughs> that Dark Souls connection, but again, sorry, the uh, Game of Thrones connection, but uh, so what I'm trying to, because I'm constantly going on like gratitude tangents really, but so the trailer, man, everything features aesthetics. I don't want to make this an impossible, I don't want to break your brain, but was there something that was like, like maybe I'll make it, I'll make it easy. What's the first thing you think, I th you think of when I say Elden Ring reveal, like gameplay reveal trailer? What's the first image that comes to your mind? Well, I think for me, like, I love the aesthetics. I love okay. lore. Okay. But for me, it's like 75% minute-to-minute combat gameplay. Like, okay, but all about the, 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 the gameplay. Um, mm. You know, I, like, I think, like I said earlier, I'm always at least running through one of the six Soulsborne games at, mm. at, at any given time. I love experimenting with different character builds. Um, I dabble in speed running. I'm definitely not competing for any world records, but I've got pretty efficient over the years of, you know, running these levels, no hitting bosses, learning how these games work, the AI, the, the varied RNG. Um, and, and, and to me, what makes these games so special is that no two playthroughs are ever the same wow. because of the complex AI and the, you know, the way the RNG varies from level to level, boss to boss, right? Even if you've run out of Yusefka's clinic five times, 10 times, a hundred times, it's always fresh. It's always exciting. So like when I was watching that trailer, that's what I'm thinking about. I'm uh. thinking about, you know, jumping into this world. I'm thinking about boss encounters and I'm thinking about the fluidity of movement like i lost my mind on the boss battle it's uh it's it's the line in the trailer i don't know if if the boss we're seeing is actually delivering this line but it was the the flame of ambition needs to be extinguished thy and, flame of ambition that's yes right. and 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 that's the first time i felt like in the trailer we just see combat unleashed mm -hmm. uh you know there's there's nothing cinematic about it it's just gameplay and uh it looked sick i mean to me it instantly passed the eye test the aggressiveness of the boss that fast and snappy roll i mean honestly evasive maneuvers are among the most important gameplay elements of Soulsborne games mm -hmm. and you know you can tell right away this is it like combat wise this is demon souls bloodborne and ds3 all rolled into one and and i love that the boss summons like a single use magic hammer and then the player character appears to activate some kind of weapon art which is exciting to see yeah the, um, the beam straight up exactly right yeah. in, in that xbox.com interview miyazaki said we'd have lots of options when it comes to combat lots of different tactics and approaches for different situations and different play styles and that's exactly what i want i felt like we were getting glimpses at those options in the trailer you hit on something which I think is so important to the DNA of, of, of Elden Ring, which is that if you take the Dark Souls trilogy and you look at the timeline of the decay of a world, it's like it's very much at the end. Like magic is very much fizzling out. And I said this to my fiance, is like that that is about something fading. It's it's sad in a way, you know. Uh, 
there's all there's a there's a and that's why you know prepare to cry and all that with with, with vati um but with this there was something that just happened it shattered something shattered you know and which tells you that it wasn't this hasn't been something of a process of hundreds of thousands of years of millennium but potentially who knows we don't know the timeline yet but there is still life in the world there's like and like there's a color mm-hmm. to it like the palette there's something what what they did where they they looked at at Sekiro, which did have a very vibrant palette you know and, and went r- ratcheted it up even more and it gives did, me did, did you notice that in, in 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 the shot with what appears to be like a uh, like a hollowed out volcano, those like sawtooth slabs jutting into the sky. Like that was the point in the trailer where that color palette really Bloody. clicked with me, right? These like golds and bronze <laughs> and shades of blue and these slaty grays. Like that was one thing I wanted was yeah. like a, a coherent aesthetic for this game. And in a way it feels like an amalgamation of all the previous games, right? You get those Majula vibes, you get DS3, Fall Time, Lothric Castle, you know, you you, you get blood you get but but in in that shot that landscape with with those sawtooth slabs jutting into the sky and there's fall trees and mounted banners i was like oh yeah this game has a color palette like this is curated this is like they had a vision here they did they did and 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 i'll just to reciprocate your thing about what jumped out at you for me wasn't a line it was the music drops at one point very deliberately i find it very interesting we'll get get to it when we get to that particular part of gathering the shards but the music drops and it is just this this mansion or in in or this mountain you know sorry the um castle i'm stammering too now it's a good sign hey yeah, dude, the stammering's fine i know what you mean like the kind of graduating cathedrals kind of reminiscent of Andor Mondo, of the ethereal, ethereal valley. yeah boreal yeah. valley yeah yeah um, when I, you know, nomenclature wise, again, nothing just is ever pulled out from the void. And, and, and Martin does this too with his etymology. I find it beautiful. Like Erithil is a play on the Tolkienian word for moon, I think, you know, so there's this lovely deference and respect. And episode two of this podcast, The Ring Forges, I had just finished watching Back to Back Fellowship and um, and Two Towers. And I just, I had an epiphany. I was like, Gollum's hands look exactly like multi, multi-armed king's hands, you know? Oh my God, there's, there's something where at this, at this point, Miyazaki has got, he's, he's defined his aesthetic. He has created his, his own legacy. Frankly, man, if this, again, if he just decided to just pull away, he would have the most storied fucking legacy. But is he? No, he's not. Him and his team are like, there is more to do. There's more to iterate on. And, and he's alive. Like, he, again, that's why there's that, that monarch I give him of like living legend. Like he is mm-hmm. not sitting on his laurels at all, as I mentioned, but so that was my second question, because uh, I know it's we're coming up to the 30 minutes extra, dude. But I want to ask you, in tailing things off, uh, I already know as someone myself, I'm the first listener of this, participating in it as I am. But I can tell, obviously, from your content, I head over heels, man. I just I, I resonate so much with where you're at uh, as a um, as an analyst, as an artist, and I'm and I'm keen to hear more about your writing too, because you have a great sensibility and you bring that definitely to your analysis. But throughout the course of the episode, so many people be like, "Yeah, Albert, you're great. Uh, you stammer a lot. Um, tell me more about Terra. Tell me what have you, dude? And now I ask you, T, what is your plan with Elden Ring going forward? What is going to be Terra Pop's rollout of content when you're not guesting on the Elden Ring podcast? Go for it. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for the kind words, Albert. Um, and I, I, I have to tell you quickly, I love that moment in the trailer too, with the the cathedrals when the music cut, and that again we got the palette right, the blues, the pops of gold in the windows. Like, uh, it was uh, it was amazing, but. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, as far as as the game goes, oh man, I mean, I'm I'm doing kind of my own just frame for frame, you know, trailer breakdown Great. Great. For, for, for my channel. I feel like I just I have to do. I almost have to like get it out, you know, yeah. just the excitement. <laughs> uh, just have to totally geek out about it. Yeah. Moving forward, I I I don't know because, like I said, I'm. Uh, I mean, there's lots of lore channels out there, and 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 I feel like you know a lot of the a lot of the people doing that do it pretty well, and I'm gonna kind of leave that to them. I'm like I said, much more interested in the combat gameplay so i'm man i'm just waiting i'm okay, waiting buddy. for january to dive in and uh just try to figure this game out i mean one of the big things that i'm that i'm wondering about is new game plus cycle so something that i love in these games like i said i dabble in speed running a bit and i you know i just love trying to efficiently move through these games learning the ais learning the level designs getting to the end and starting all over again you know it's like when you finish a good book and a, a, a book that has a profound effect on you and it's like the first thing you want to do is flip back to the first page right you want to flip back to the first couple of pages um first couple sentences first couple paragraphs because the ending can you know enhance your appreciation appreciation of the beginning and i feel like miyazaki and his team have just nailed that with their new game plus cycles you know it's just mm -hmm. it's amazing you know to navigate this hard-fought playthrough and then get to start all over again with your experience and and i'm wondering in a game this big you know in this wide and this open how that will work you know how will speed running work in a game like this you know this isn't this isn't just firelink shrine up to the undead bird you know i mean they, they throw a couple black fire bombs at you know the first demon and like i mean this is going to be weird and it i think it's going to be really exciting in the first you know couple of weeks that this game is out just seeing people figuring this game out mm -hmm. and and this idea that like i'm assuming based on the trailer when we look in the distance when we look out on the horizon these structures we're seeing on the hillside right this this you know cat crumbling castle this foggy forest you can go to these places yeah dude and, that's and the whole just, thing like, yeah like so running like that for me like running this game is it's just such a mystery it's like what is this going to be like will there be organic unexpected boss encounters in the oh, field dude, yeah you know yeah. like are we going to do away in some instances with fog gates and uh because that's that's what i'm wondering too you know i'm, I'm wondering about the open fields mm. like why will I want to spend my time in an open field when I could be dungeon diving, right? Because you might assume that the dungeons are going to have the best loot, the best bosses, the best layouts. So I'm, I'm wondering, at first I was a little concerned about that. Now that I've seen the trailer, I'm just curious. I'm wondering what about the field will engage me? And, mm -hmm. and who knows, maybe Miyazaki is like, he's creating a game for all different kinds of players. Like, I mean, is this going to be like Red Rede Red uh, Redemption 2 meets Dark Souls? You know, like if you want to just roam these fields, maybe we you can set up your own bonfire. You can just hang out. You can explore. Right. <laughs> this might be the game for you, right? I, I, that's right. Dungeon dive in some claustrophobic hellhole and, you know, focus on combat. This is the game for you, too. So, like, those are the things I'm wondering about. And like I said, man, I'm really, and I, I know you are, too, but I'm just reeling and beyond that trailer breakdown, I can't even think about content right now. Like, I don't even know, you know, like it's, it's like too soon. And, and that's a, it like makes me laugh a little bit when I see, you know, people on Twitter, just like 
like speaking as if like they've played and beaten the game or something. It's like, it's, it, it's so much fun to speculate and so yeah. much of a, you know, there are so many elements of Miyazaki games, as you know, that are open to interpretation. That's mm. the fun. It's like you and I could play the same Miyazaki game and we might interpret elements of the game differently. And, Completely and differently. Miyazaki's never going to tell it, right? Oh, this is the this no, is how no. supposed to read my game. No, that's the amazing part of it. That's yeah. art. So, so I laugh a little bit at like the people who seem to claim like they have the game figured out to me, man, I'm just, I'm in awe of it. I'm curious. I'm fascinated. Like, and, and I have a question for you, Albert, do you think at this Bandai Namco showcase in a couple of days, are we going to see more or was this it? We are going to see, I believe, um, something that I don't think Bandai are not like, they don't, they don't set this up which bandai had to have obviously some say it's not just from software this is a, a combined effort so i know that uh jeff mentioned miyazaki san himself made this request uh they had to turn down xbox for it as well um there is no way that it's not going to appear in some way and there's a potential i just want to put it out there for this many months out i'd have to check to see how far out from release the collector's editions of dark souls was announced ahead of release of um but they might do uh they might reveal the editions then who knows just really benefiting mm. from this like no one's going to stop talking frankly elden ring pending some insane thing elden ring has won the entire month of june for me i i, I honestly had a moment of like what what am i doing oh yeah right ubisoft um beyond good and evil yes i'm i had a moment of like right. i actually have other things to do <laughs> you know with legacy of kane and stuff so yeah the um, xbox bethesda showcase is coming up nintendo oh, well. and, and 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 there could be some huge stuff right we could see starfield at the yes. xbox showcase we could get a Buddy. final release date for halo infinite i mean we could see breath of the wild too we could we see could. i mean these showcases could be actually great like i mean compared to other e3 years it could be great and it's like that jeff and miyazaki just stole the show man it's stole like the damn show yeah. the only thing i want to say man is get get hype i don't know how how in dpr with 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 the l there are scrolls. It's going to be hard to correct myself with that. Yeah, yeah. But I have a strong suspicion that with Xbox making the moves they're making, they know that they won't be able to show Hellblade because that's it's just it was a cinematic, and I hyped out about that and stuff, and I'm looking forward to that. But that's very much still in that sort of dev thing. I don't think it'll show. Um, but I do have. A, I just have a in my heart. I know that they're going to mm -hmm. show something from Elder Scrolls. Uh, you think six. so? Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So there's going to be. It's basically they want to run away with E3. They want to grab E3 and then run off into the horizon, leave everyone, including Breath of the Wild 2 in the dust, news cycle wise. Oh man, they, they kind of need to as well, yeah. right? Like, yeah, yeah. And that's that's not like a pick and sides thing, but like they're not i mean unfortunately and i'm i've been an xbox console owner for many years but they're not competing well right now with miles morales ratchet and clank returnal they need to have a great showcase this year and i think todd howard said that starfield was coming first i know so i'm, I'm expecting that but man if yeah if they if they brought uh elder scroll 6 out yeah from marketing i'm gonna tell you so it's gonna be starfield there's gonna be a nice big sizable chunk starfield the one more thing for Xbox's conference, which will be the Xbox Bethesda conference, will be it is this year technically the uh, anniversary of a pretty game, pretty big game for us, you know. Uh, without further ado, enjoy, you know, 10 years after Skyrim, man, 2011, 2021, Elder Scrolls, it's happening. And we're going to get yeah. at least 
a title. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're going to run away with it. Um, otherwise, it's it entirely belongs to Elden Ring. Frankly, even if Elder Scrolls is announced, you know what? Like, I'm more of a Miyazaki guy than an Elder Scrolls dude anyway. So it'll yeah. still probably win it anyway. Um, if you get Loftwings in Breath of the Wild 2, I'll probably break something out of joy. <laughs> for sure, yeah. dude. But, uh, but, I, but I mean, Elder Scrolls is, I mean, I guess for me, like I would like, it does feel like it's been almost 10 years since mm. Bethesda Game Studios was cool. You know, they've they've been a bit of a laughing stock in recent years. And and I mean, it's, it's been warranted, but I also think it's unfortunate. And this, this, uh, this showcase could be an opportunity for them to reclaim some of their tarnished yeah. reputation, you know, get tarnished. back to that, you know, single player RPG games. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to compare the Elder Scrolls with, uh, you know, Soulsborne, but man, I had so much fun, so many hours in, in Skyrim, in Skyrim, yeah. even Morrowind, going all the way back to Morrowind. I, I, I really do enjoy those games for what they are. So it'd be cool. I think I'm more pessimistic than you are, but man, if you're right, um, I'll let you know. Yeah, I mean, okay. that, 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 would, that would be very, very exciting. I sometimes get these vibes. And, uh, and I also think we're going to see something Banjo 3. You know, we, we see Alana commenting. We have Fable Podcast too. I'm sort of tapped into when she comments and stuff. And uh, her thing is, is like Banjo 3. Come on, like give the people what they want type thing. Yeah. And this is how you run away with an E3. I actually, I'll send you my like my list of you know what would it take to win e3 and i have a whole column of things you know including something legacy of kane related maybe you know to just like boom that's it you've won e3 um, well how to get second place I, I, oh, how, I, 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 this, this, this week of games right? no 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 oh, I, I mean that's a given like you know miyazaki and it, it is interesting to think about won. though yeah right like the criteria that these publishers and developers yeah. you know need 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 to meet banjo man that's another one like i Phil Spencer, some which I, I like Phil Spencer, and some months back, he mentioned how in an interview that he knows they're lacking those E-rated, you know, he didn't, I don't think he said platformers, but you know, E-rated games. That's never well, been a strong point for Xbox. And, and you just look at like Astro's Playroom, you look at Sackboy and you're like, man, like if they had Banjo on Xbox, you know, and it went straight to Game Pass, that buddy. would be... That'd be a big deal. I'm going to leave this. Um, well, one of the things we won't leave it on this because I want to wrap things up in a more, uh, you know, Elden Ringy. Yeah, I got like seven, seven, eight minutes. We're, we're I know, over. I know. But I will say, Phil personally called Miyazaki and said, "Can you just please include a shot of a jump pad in your Elden Ring trailer so we can get people talking about Banjo Kazooie?" <laughs> Maybe. I don't oh, know. that's funny. That's funny. It was pretty jump pad. It jump was pad, very jump pad. Thank you, T. Thank yeah. you. But in wrapping things up on this episode, episode five of the Elden Ring podcast, listeners, it has been wonderful having you join me and T, a new straight up energetic best friend across the ocean. How you doing, man? Again, our first episode, but you wouldn't know it. Like, again, Kindred Minds. Um, the Tarnished Quest, which is the title of this episode, has officially begun. Uh, you can look forward to Gathering the Shards, a 12-part series breaking um, down the latest trailer, 15 seconds at a time with various different guests. If you know anyone, if you yourself listening would like to jump on for one of those, I record via Zoom. And so then also I say, T, if you have some of your um, FromSoft compadres who are like, I need to be able to say this one thing about this one part 
let them know uh and uh again in in in, in reference to a few episodes ago uh um bonfire side chat i just need to show them lots of love because they are the best like you're the best t but they are also the best uh uh from softy and kind of um yeah that they discuss it and that they're you know scholars and plugged into it in that way um so yeah and then obviously at some point vati or whatever but my goal t honestly and i i, I really hope all throughout the process of recording this people have all forty thousand of the people on this main channel have dropped what they were doing and saying okay i've literally just been waiting for a creator like t he has such great hot takes uh He's a gamer like me. He's more, he's got his head better collected. I, I have to I'm microwave him sometimes, but I mean, they're, you know, <laughs> that's I, 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 so I get the job done. I dig it. But, but like, and that's just to me, for me to say to like, just go over. And you are, I believe, Terrapop Graham on Instagram. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, I'm not really active on Instagram. I, I, I have the handle, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the best places to find me are on Twitter, Twitter, uh, Terrapop tweets. Uh, that's the handle, mm -hmm. uh, find me at YouTube. It's just Terrapop, right? Forward slash C for channel forward slash Terrapop. Yeah. And you can also find me at Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Terrapop. So those are the best ways to find me. Like I said, I'm, I'm, you know, relatively new, just started the channel about six or seven months ago, but yeah, man, these are my, you know, souls born. These are my desert Island games. I could, man, I, I, I could shoot about these games all day long. Um, through the connections we're going to make on this with Smotown, for example, with uh, Silvermont, I just want you on all their shows. Like I, I, I am, that's why I go host producers. Like, cause I'm always thinking about like, we need to just signal boost this this dude, you know. And I'm stoked for you to again speak with Law, uh, Law Hunter and and again I love that phrase that Venn diagramming. It's like, hey, we we don't have to exist in these um in these spheres of uh, you know self-contained. Like, there's a a great thing that happens when a from software community melds in on itself and like talks to one another. And I think we are among the kind of you know interactive art kind of tribes. I think we're the most special tribe of people. And uh, you're an exemplary of that, man. So it's been a very good time speaking with you well thanks albert i really appreciate that and yeah we'll we'll absolutely do this again i had a really nice time talking with you today no worries buddy until next time everyone bye for now boy bye all right see you man bye take it easy have a great day you too <laughs> be well man bye